When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. At mybookie.ag. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Five minutes after five o'clock on a Thursday morning, the 30th day of January. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Report. What's our headlines for today? I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Well, the big one for production agriculture yesterday was the signing of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement by President Donald Trump. Now, we're not out of the woods yet. Canada still has to take action. We're talking about that. A lot of the dairy industry around the United States says now that the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement is in place, now we need to focus in on the Dairy Pride Act. We're talking about that. And the nation's pork producers have donated more than 2 million pounds of pork to their community. Some 25,000 individual servings. That's some of the news we've got for you as we start off our Thursday. Scott? I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Pam, we're talking dairy sustainability right now. We are, and uh, dairy farmers have been talking about sustainability for quite a little while. You know, there's many Wisconsin dairy operations that have been recognized nationally for their efforts, not only to minimize their carbon footprint, but to have a long-term plan when it comes to sustainability. Josh Scramlin has an update this morning with one of those dairy farmers down in Darlington named Cody Carpenter. He recognizes that sustainability is not just a catchphrase that consumers are using, it's also a long-term plan that he's seen benefits from on his Darlington, Wisconsin farm already. The challenge is sometimes the goal of sustainability, not necessarily an inexpensive investment. Josh Scramlin joins us with an update. We always talk about it, but it's something that we really can't talk about enough. And yes, I am talking about sustainability. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. And while the landscape of southwest Wisconsin is particularly beautiful, it does present some challenges when it comes to water and soil health. And this focus on sustainability is why one young dairyman has taken a hands-on approach to things such as working with the supply chain when it comes to sustainability and being a member of farmer-led watershed groups. This young dairyman that I mentioned is Cody Carpenter, and he is a co-operator of Red Rock View Farms in southwest Wisconsin. Red Rock View Farms is in Darlington, Wisconsin, in Lafayette County in the southwestern part of the state. We milk about 600 cows. Um, I'm lucky enough that we're a family operation with the primary owners being my parents, Steve and Lisa, and then myself and my wife, Carrie Jo, along with my brother, Colton, Carson, and my sister, Cora. Cody, as a farmer, how do you try and stay ahead of the curve when it comes to sustainability? I think sustainability is going to be the key to my success as a young dairyman. Um, it's, yeah. it's really the only path I have to success. Um, technology is always going to play a very important role, obviously, but with new technologies and new practices, obviously comes some level of financial investment. So our question for sustainability going forward, and we really want to work with people in the supply chain to, to really make sustainability and sustainability practices economically feasible for dairy farmers going forward so that we can be the most efficient and and do the best conservative practices we want to do. Okay, there's like three different directions I want to go, but we'll take it one by one. So the first thing is, uh, before we started the interview, you said something interesting. You're not in expansion mode right now. 
So how does efficiency and sustainability relate to you guys not really looking to expand right now? Sure. So efficiencies to me are really what is going to be our financial driving factor. And being able to be efficient will hopefully in the long term allow me to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. What sustainability practices do you guys partake in on your operation? So at Red Rock View Farms, we're really lucky to work with a group called LASA, which stands for the Lafayette Agriculture Sustainability Alliance. And, and LASA is a uh, farmer-led watershed group that utilizes education along with cost-sharing practices to help their members be able to implement the latest and greatest conservation techniques, such as um, low-impact manure application. Um, you know, so along with strip cropping, and then the cost sharing comes in on cover crops, um, being able to help financially support our members to be able to implement more cover crops and really reduce soil erosion along with improve water quality. And these are huge things that consumers and the general public should really care about. As a farmer, do you think they know about it, care about it, these practices that you guys are working really hard at? The, I hope so. And the, the, the real goal of a farmer-led watershed group is is, all, is education for first and foremost. But, I mean, we also want to educate the public, and we want to, want to let them know what we're doing. We're also members of the community. I drink the same water. Mm-hmm. I live on the same land. And I would hope that my family can farm that land as long as possible. And to do so, I've really got to be able to implement all of these new techniques and, and conservation practices so that we can be sustainable in the future. Mm-hmm. Talk about the consumer. What is your relationship with the consumer in Wisconsin? So, I mean, we're, we're really blessed that we live in the dairy state. And, and you know, dairy has a very strong and and positive message here in our state. And my, my relationship with the consumer varies, to be honest, because, yes, I do have a processor I work with that does a great job marketing. Um, but at the same time, I have a very naked and, and close relationship with the consumer from the standpoint that everyone wants t- transparency. Mm-hmm. And, and I totally understand that. I want transparency for the products I buy and the products I consume. So really, you know, we, we, we try to be um, as accommodating as we can to consumers, and we, we're, we're active on social media, mm-hmm. um, just doing our best to tell our story. Yeah, it's all about transparency. Why would you encourage uh, producers of any sort in the state of Wisconsin to be transparent? Because that's what the consumer wants, bottom line. And, and we have to, we're in a consumer-based industry. We're in a consumer-based buying power industry. So we have to be transparent to the, to the consumer so that they know we're doing the absolute best we can to be as viable and sustainable as we can. Talk to me about the supply chain and the sustainability within the supply chain. You mentioned earlier a pipe dream that you have. What is the pipe dream? The the pipe dream I've had is is to be honest, it's going to take a lot of part. It's going to take a lot of partners. Um, it's going to be through the whole supply chain. But um, these these practices and these conservation techniques, they take money. Yeah. And to be honest. At our stage of the supply chain, I may not always have the financial wherewithal to implement these techniques. So that's where we have to lean on other areas of the supply chain to hopefully pass the message along to their consumers, who are also our consumers, that we're really trying to do the absolute best we can for not only our business, but the the world and and our, our communities we live in. Um, unfortunately, that sometimes takes a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, the goal would be that the value-added practices I have can carry through the supply chain to the consumer. I love it because I know the intent's there, and I know the money is the issue, and, and that's something that maybe not everybody understands, right? Yeah, I would agree. Um, we always want the best. Mm-hmm. We, we always do. I, I'm not going to ever say that anyone strives for anything less. I mean, no, no farmer that I've ever met is out here trying to do any harm. We're honestly just trying to do the best we can, and, and going forward, 
to, to continue to improve, it's going to take some level of financial investment. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though by being proactive with sustainability that regulations might ultimately be eased in Wisconsin? I mean, that's always the goal. I mean, self-regulation, I think, is the most effective way to regulate. Um, you know, not only is self-regulation going to save farmers money in the long run, um, but I think also our governor and our representatives have recognized that these farmer-led watershed groups are the real deal, and they really can be effective in not only reducing phosphorus in the soil, but also reducing phosphorus in, in water systems, aquifers, along with other uh, things like nitrogen. I mean, we've been able to show hard results that we, we can be effective when we're left to our own own uh, self-guidance. It was within the last month that the Water Quality Task Force came out with some recommendations on the water quality situation in Wisconsin, and you might have played a small part in that, or a large part in that. What did you do as far as testimony and talking with lawmakers? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we, LASA was able to testify at one of the hearings in Lancaster to the Water Quality Task Force, um, you know, present some of the data that we've been able to accumulate in our short time as an organization and the positive effects we've had on both soil and water quality in our, in our county. And then if you had to measure success, how would you do so with sustainability? Down the road, five to ten years, you look back and say, you know, we accomplished this, this, and this, and I'm really proud of it. Yeah, the, the results are always going to be the end game. Let's let's see what we can do. And to be honest, we're a little early in that stage to have some, some good hard results. We have some encouraging results coming our way. Uh, but I really think in the next five years we'll really be able to show the profound and positive impact we've been able to have on both soil quality and water quality through imp, you know implementing these new techniques, educating, and uh, just really working to perform better conservation practices. That is Cody Carpenter, and along with his wife, Carrie Joe, his parents, Stephen Lisa, and his siblings, Cody operates Red Rock View Farms in Darlington, Wisconsin. That is an operation that milks 600 cows and crops roughly 1,400 acres. It's always great to catch up with Wisconsin farmers and hear firsthand what they think about concepts such as sustainability. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and Stand Up to Cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. The goals. The high fives. The happy dances complete with jazz hands and fist bumps. Be part of all the action at Coach's Sports Bar and Restaurant in Cross Plains. Enjoy the best burgers in the county, the popular club sandwich or fresh crispy chicken salad, daily dinner and lunch specials, all-you-can-eat wing Wednesdays or $2.50 hand-muddled old-fashions every Saturday. Trivia night every Thursday. 
Coaches Club Sports Bar also offers banquet facilities for your next party, business meeting, or team-building event. Coaches Club Sports Bar and Restaurant in Cross Plains, where sports fans gather for food and frivolity. Coaches Club in Cross Plains has a private banquet room for your holiday party or business meeting. Seating for up to 50. Reserve your next event today at Coaches Club, Main Street, Cross Plains. Spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, 517, and time to check in with Stumacher Ag Meteorologist on what's happening as far as weather. I just wanted to give folks a quick update, too. Uh, it's a, a campaign that started by our nation's pork producers back in November. Uh, they wanted to do something to give back to their communities. Got an update yesterday from the national pork producers that, uh, to date, pork producers have donated 2 million pounds of pork to their local food pantries, food banks, what have you. They said that's about 25,000 servings to try to help folks that uh, might otherwise not be able to have uh, the other white meat. That's just kind of amazing. Yeah, I mean, Stu, you know as well as I do, farm families, I don't care what you're growing, are just scratching by, and yet they still find a way to give to their community. You know what I mean? Uh, it's been that way for almost 100 years from what I hear talking to family and friends. There was always food. Yep, yep. And if you had anything, you tried to share with uh, everybody. So like I said, right. I, you know, pork producers have had such a tough go with things, uh, you know, the African swine fever, a big deal, and trade uh, situations. But still, they, they'll always try to help their neighbors. Anyhow, I'd like to help my neighbors with a little sunshine stew. Holy peapod, is this stuff depressing or what? Sunshine, what's that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we may have some of that by, as the weekend wraps up. So I wish I had better news. Could say, you know, we all oh, it's going to turn sunny today and be great. No, it's going to stay cloudy and it's going to be kind of depressing, gloomy, however you want to look at it. But I look at it this way too. With those clouds, we don't get brutally cold overnight. So temperatures are more mild. It stays more mild into the daytime. That's how we hold on to these normal and above normal temperatures. And that, in the grand scheme, should help a little bit, I hope. But we do need to talk of low pressure. And there is a system still kind of forming out to our west. We know all the activity is out in the Pacific Northwest and another low will battle that part of the country. But a little wave of activity from that is going to break over the Rockies and head our way. Nothing out there in terms of anything more than just some really light snow, some flurries out west of Duluth up in northern Minnesota and back into the Dakotas and Nebraska. Just very scattered, very light snow, nothing all that widespread. But as that disturbance does move east, and as it picks up a little moisture, after all, we've stayed fairly mild. Things have been melting on and off, and we built up some moisture in the atmosphere. We're going to see some chance of precipitation. It could even happen yet late tonight, early on into Friday morning. That's some really light snow, maybe a little patchy freezing fog, freezing drizzle could build in, could be a little mix of precipitation. Generally, I expect some light snow Friday or into Friday night could mix and change again toward Friday evening, Friday night, and maybe linger just into early Saturday. And otherwise, then we dry it out 
if this were all snow to accumulate an inch or so, that's all there might be. A little mix of that uh, precipitation could lead to a little less than ideal driving conditions or require a little extra cleanup as we move on through later Friday night or into Saturday morning. But the weekend does dry out and, in fact, get a bit more mild with that chance of sun around towards Sunday. That's when we could be in the upper 30s and even low 40s. A whole lot more mild early February in store. Call it the February thaw as we start the month on the 1st and 2nd. It does start to cool again next week, and I'd expect uh, Monday night into Tuesday that we could see another round of a little light snow trying to build on in. Not going to build up a whole lot of snow, not fix snowmobile trails that took a beating already, but at least there is a couple of snow chances around. Just nothing that's going to be too serious, and it still stays relatively mild. Even into next week, temperatures holding pretty close to the normal levels. I'll have forecast details right after this. Ever walk across your cornfield and find a nice surprise? Like that favorite vice grip that fell off the planter last spring. Well, next fall, you might just come upon an even bigger treasure. More corn, thanks to Acuron Herbicide. Acuron gives you 5 to 15 more bushels an acre than any other herbicide when used in a pre-emergence application at full label rates. To discover your 5 to 15 bushels, talk to your Syngenta retailer. Acuron yield advantage range based on 2016 Syngenta and university trials. Always read and follow label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use pesticide. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. 522 now. All right, Stu, paint me a picture, and hopefully one of these days it's going to include sunshine. It'll get here. It'll get here. But we have cloudy skies, of course, today. There's even been some report of a little flurry, a little patchy freezing drizzle kind of activity in western Wisconsin, north of La Crosse. Be on the alert for that. Otherwise, a cloudy day and nothing too earth shattering. Very upper 20s, maybe 30 for a warm spot at Madison. And the winds gradually become south today, only about 5 to 10. It's overnight that we expect cloudy skies and a little light snow that may develop. The nighttime low down in the lower 20s, like this morning, south winds about 5 to 10. Cloudy skies on Friday, a little light snow on and off, maybe a little patchy freezing fog in western Wisconsin early Friday, and otherwise just a little light snow. Low 30s tomorrow, south winds at 5. That chance of snow, freezing drizzle, and the like Friday night could just linger into early Saturday, especially in the east. Otherwise, call it mostly cloudy Saturday. Hey, that sun may try to glimmer through. Low and mid-30s for highs on Saturday. West winds at 5 to 10. Expect some sun on Sunday, Pam, and I'd say in Madison area, could be in the low 40s elsewhere, about 40. It's going to seem like a whole different world. I believe that, and I look forward to it. All right, buddy, we'll catch up with you for a final Friday, okay? All right, you have a good day. Yep. Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with those weather details. Honestly, I can't tell you much. It's pretty quiet out there this morning. Everybody's got cloudy skies. Uh, all of us checking in with 25 degrees, the exception in the Beaver Dam area. You're at 23. 
Coming up after 5.30, man, I'll tell you what, trying to find hay these days is a challenge for farmers, whether you have beef, cows, or dairy, or uh, horses. And unfortunately, bringing in hay from out of state cost the lives of 14 horses in the Mauston area. After 5.30, Dr. Dan Undersander, our retired forage extension specialist, giving us a couple tips on what you better be watching out for if you're buying hay of any type from anywhere. You don't want to lose those animals. And $5.6 million for 30 seconds in the Super Bowl? Whoo, that's rich. Don't expect to see a lot of Wisconsin dairy discussed in the game, but online, it's a different story. And we've got it for you after 5.30. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable, and serving part-time can help you graduate debt-free. Do you want to stay close to friends and family? The Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want. Learn more by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. Carrier has a complete line of home heating products to keep your family comfortable this winter without burning your budget. With smart temperature management and remote access options, it's easier than ever to control your home's climate. And Carrier energy-efficient systems can help reduce utility bills without sacrificing comfort. For more complete comfort and greater peace of mind, turn to your Carrier expert. Call your Carrier factory-authorized dealer, Parker Heating and Cooling in Madison. 
I think what Lawton & Cates does better than other law firms is that we work harder and we're more prepared when we show up in court. Personal attention from an experienced attorney that is prepared and competent to represent you in court. The attorneys at Lawton & Cates. It's who you turn to for legal advice. 282-6200 or LawtonCates.com. When you need an attorney, trust the voice of experience. The only choice, Lawton & Cates. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. The young men and women who become United States Marines come from our hometowns to become a part of something greater than themselves. This commitment represents the highest level of steadfast allegiance to the betterment of our communities, our country, and our Marine Corps. The journey will be one of the most challenging, but also one of the most rewarding. The few, the proud, the Marines. We say good morning to our Bucks insider, Tony Cartagena. No Giannis, no problem, Tony. I, I When I made that bet minus 16 yesterday in the Daily Action Zone, even though I had no knowledge that Giannis wasn't playing, I, I, I mean, I was like Kreskin, right? And if you think I'm serious, well, I'm totally kidding right now. It's open. It closed at minus 11 and a half. Yeah. I, I should have waited. Yeah, exactly. Didn't matter. No, Giannis, no problem. Dude, Chris Middleton, 51 points. Big D-swinging, Tony. What do you think of K-Money? Uh, one, well, he's going to be an all-star, obviously. Uh, Scott Brooks, the Wizards head coach, told us before the game that he voted for him. and Those will come out on Thursday night on the TNT broadcast. But honestly, it was the – I was talking to a couple people who were also at the game and between Middleton scoring one, Bradley Buell had 47 last night. And those two combined, it was like the quietest near 50 balls ever. Like, <laughs> it was very basic. Just The game also was a horrible basketball game. There was no flow. There was a whistle every two seconds. But Middleton was efficient. He only hit 16 shots. He was 16 to 26 from the floor. And it was just pull-up, mid-range game, he hit his first 7-3. He started 7-7 seven of seven from 3. Like That's wild. I think he finished with 10 made threes. And, yeah, it was just a classic. It was like an old school, not even old school, like late 90s, early 2000s, just get to your mid-range spot, hit jump shots, and that's what he did. And then he finished it off with a dunk. And I, I don't even know if people knew Chris Middleton so, <laughs> I, I don't ever remember a Chris Middleton fun. dunk. When's the last time he dunked besides last time? I can't even remember one. They keep track. So the guards on the team keep track of how many dunks they all have. 
and it's like a race. It's a, they keep a scoreboard. So I think George Hill has the yeah. lead right now because George Hill takes off on people. Yeah, George Hill threw even, down like the other night too. Yeah, but even on like a fast break, sometimes Middleton will just lay it in. Like it's just kind of his game. He's just he's just very low key. He's very quiet. And last night there was just a little extra pep in his step. And when he drove the lane on that to get fifty one, I was watching and just looked at it. It was just like, all right, he's going to float this because anytime he takes off right he usually just floats it, but the defender kind of moved out of the way and dude just took off. And he said that he really had no legs at the time, but he said, I kind of just willed myself into that one. He so was it feeling was, himself. It was just fun and good for him. Honestly, he gets a lot of hate. Some of it deserved, some of it not. And, and to go out there and just with obviously the NBA community having heavy hearts and just to like, just to ball out and, and kind of shine a little bit and have his teammates happy for him. Like, good for him. Tony, if Chris Middleton was like a number one or a number two on someone else's team and the Bucks were to acquire him, would they be ranting and raving about what Horst did getting Middleton? That's an interesting question. Um, probably because who's like Chris Middleton's comparison league-wide? I don't think he's Bradley Beal, even though he outscored him last night. But that's like the only one that I can think of. Like Bradley Beal is a clear number one on a team that has 15 wins. Yeah, and they kind of play a similar style where it's not very loud, it's not very flashy, but they put up big numbers. And the thing with Middleton though is he just does it so efficiently. But I've said this a few times on the podcast and, and some other places. Like I just think what happens with Chris Middleton, and it's not fair to him, but it's just the reality of the NBA. The NBA, you look back, like go back, take the Pistons out of it from like 2004, 2005. Go back and look at all of the championship teams, and they were either a big three or a crazy dynamic duo like Kobe and Shaq. Mm -hmm. And in today's NBA, there are a lot of dynamic duos. Chris Middleton doesn't compare to those sidekicks in any of those. And it just... It just is what it is. Now, is Gian- in some of these combinations, does Giannis' skill set make up for that? Probably. But still, you look at LeBron AD, Russell, and, and Harden. Like, yeah, when you think Bucks, I just think Giannis. Exactly. And it, when you just look back in history, even like Steph and Clay, and then Steph and KD, like those, I, I, and no offense to Chris Middleton, but like his name right now, just doesn't stack up with those other number twos. That doesn't mean that he can't get it done, but that's why I think it's very easy for people to say, oh, he'd be a good number three on a championship team. He'd be a great number three on a title team. Like, let's be honest, if Milton was the Bucks number three, they might be undefeated. It just is what it is. on a Thursday morning. Boy, we just cannot shake these clouds. I'm Pam Yonke in the Midwest Farm Report. Today we'll see high temperatures up to about 30 degrees, but clouds everywhere. Tomorrow, still cloudy in 34. Saturday, more clouds in 36, but here's the good news. Super Bowl Sunday, clouds are going to dissipate a little bit, and we are going to bounce up to about 45 degrees. So if you've got some Super Bowl entertaining that you're planning on Sunday, well, the weather in Wisconsin looks like it's going to cooperate. Hey, speaking of Super Bowl Sunday, now listen, you're not going to see any advertisements in the Super Bowl commercials about Wisconsin cheese. A little bit out of our price bracket, but we're talking with Caitlin Riley before 6 o'clock on how dairy farmers of Wisconsin 
working to make sure that our Wisconsin dairy message is getting out there for all the folks entertaining on Super Bowl Sunday. Stand by for that. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So on this date, back in 1982, the first computer virus was released. It was created by a 15-year-old kid as a practical joke. It was called Elk Cloner. Quite honestly, I don't remember what it did because in 1982, I didn't have a computer. But that's when it happened on this date back in 1982. And how about this? On this date back in 1969... The Beatles gave their last public performance. Seriously, it was in London. It was the last time that they performed together. But hey, look at Paul McCartney still out there on the road. Ringo Starr still doing his thing. But this was the day in 1969 when the Beatles basically broke up. And now you know. Well, I know there are plenty of folks out there that are struggling to try to find good quality hay supplies, and it's tough. If you saw the story recently in one of our State Farm newspapers, the Mauston area, uh, someone lost 14 horses because of hay that they brought in from outside the state that had a blister bug in it. How in the world can you try to avoid those kinds of tragedies and still make sure that you're getting good quality hay? Dr. Dan Undersander, retired University Extension alfalfa specialist, now a consultant for the industry, says, buyer, do beware and make sure you know what you're getting before money's exchanged. The main thing is to look for a good analysis from a certified lab and then purchase accordingly. The other thing, of course, to keep in mind uh, this spring for the state, if, if alfalfa acreage is short, there will be the opportunity for farmers to grow oats or oats and peas and to produce some tonnage of quality forage quick at near to the time when first cutting would be harvested. Dr. Dan Undersander, University Extension alfalfa specialist, retired, now a consultant in the industry, said he's also got some concerns on how our alfalfa acres are going to come through the winter. Of course, 2018-2019 was an awful year as far as winter kills concerned, and he said you need to be prepared for that scenario coming up this spring. Uh, certainly at first cutting it, a lot of people are going to be just stretching things to get through to first cutting and then trying to build up reserves after that. But uh, with a good year, uh, we could build up supplies across the Midwest uh, by the end of the summer. On the other hand, if we have conditions like last year or alternatively dry weather, uh, we're going to run into some issues with supply again. Dr. Dan Undersander, retired University Extension Specialist. You know, I'll tell you what, if you are trying to find hay right now, Undersander says if you can locate it, it's going to come at a premium. He's estimating now that uh, good quality dairy hay, if you can find it, about $250 a ton. Beef quality hay, about $200 a ton. But again, with regard to that horse story out of Boston, you still have to make sure you know what you're getting quality-wise. It's uh, coming up on 540. Ever walk across your cornfield and find a nice surprise? Like that favorite vice grip that fell off the planter last spring. Well, next fall, you might just come upon an even bigger treasure. More corn, thanks to Acuron Herbicide. Acuron gives you 5 to 15 more bushels an acre than any other herbicide when used in a pre-emergence application at full label rates. 
To discover your 5 to 15 bushels, talk to your Syngenta retailer. Acura on Yield Advantage range based on 2016 Syngenta and University Trials. Always read and follow label instructions. Acura is a restricted-use pesticide. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. What's the market talking about this morning? Mark Oppold's got our bottom line. Bottom line analysts remind listeners that following the president's signing of the USMCA agreement yesterday, that Canada still must ratify the agreement to become official, and they say that may not happen for several months. The agreement itself takes effect 90 days after all countries have agreed to it, so it could be mid-June or later before all countries begin acting under the agreement. Dairy farmers here, for one, are looking forward to that happening. Canada will increase quotas on U.S. dairy products which is estimated to benefit the dairy industry by over $240 million. Milk futures are rebounding after the early week setback. We'd look for grain and livestock futures to recover before the close of trade tomorrow. That's our bottom line. I'm Mark Oppold, wishing you a profitable day. Well, I hope they recover, Mark. In overnight electronic trade, we're still bleeding red ink as far as our commodities. Right now, March corn's down a penny and a quarter at 383. December corn down a penny and a quarter at 394. We've got March beans down a penny and a half overnight at 891. November beans down almost two at 927. The wheat's down about three cents for cash and new crop. July contracts right now, 557 a bushel. Barrel and block cheese were both unchanged yesterday. Well, double A butter gained three and a quarter cents to a dollar eighty and three quarters per pound. February milk overnight down four at seventeen sixty. March milk down eight, seventeen ninety a hundred weight. Hey, don't forget, uh, deadlines coming up for a couple different things. First, remember your property taxes have to be postmarked by Friday here in the state of Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Taxpayers Alliance says that the state's property tax burden this year stands at less than 4%, which they say is the lowest in over a half century. And don't forget, next week, February 3rd, the deadline, if you'd like to be our next agriculture ambassador, the Alice in Dairyland program accepting applications through February 3rd to become Wisconsin's next agriculture ambassador. You can find details online, the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection's website. What's going on with the Super Bowl? Will we see dairy featured? Talking about that next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Furnace on the Fritz? Whether it's a quick fix or time for something new, you need a dealer who knows what it takes to warm things up. And a Bryant dealer does whatever it takes. It takes attention to detail, the right tools, and friendly, knowledgeable service. 
Bottom line, it takes a Bryant dealer to bring the heat. For fast furnace service, call your Bryant factory authorized dealer, Cardinal Heating and Air Conditioning in Sun Prairie. Bryant, whatever it takes. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and stand up to cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. Another rig your ride idea from Madison Auto Trim. You would love your very own personal magic wand, where one wave and your world would change in an instant. It's the same feeling with a remote starter from Madison Auto Trim and Accessories. Start, warm, or cool your car. Have yours installed starting at just $3.99. Madison Auto Trim and Accessories. Affordable luxury you deserve to have. Improve what you already got and rig your ride with Madison Auto Trim. If old McDonald was real and actually had a farm, hey. she'd talk about it. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, 546 now on a Thursday. Doesn't look like we're going to get rid of these clouds. The warmest we'll see today, about 30 degrees. Weather looks pretty decent for this weekend, so if you're planning a big Super Bowl get-together, that's the good news. Don't look for any advertisements this year featuring Wisconsin dairy products in the Super Bowl television commercials. Well, for one thing, this year they're estimating a television commercial in the Super Bowl going to cost about $5.6 million for just 30 seconds. Uh, That's a little too rich for our blood, especially for the dairy farmers of Wisconsin. Caitlin Riley joins us this morning and explains what they're doing to still try to catch attention for America's Dairyland during the big game. Super Bowl Sunday is right around the corner, but can we expect to see any of our dairy products make the big screen? For the Midwest Farm Reports, I'm Caitlin Riley. You may remember seeing an ad last year for Wisconsin cheese in the Super Bowl. Now, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin says it wasn't a national ad. It was an ad that they bought locally to feature on Wisconsin televisions. But they won't be making that same buy this year. In fact, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin says they're not really focusing on television marketing strategies anymore. I've had a lot of people ask why that is, especially as we're seeing more and more plant-based products purchase television advertisements. Katie Hepler is a senior marketing director at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, and she says those ads just aren't as effective with farmer dollars. We are trying to be more focused with our efforts collectively as a dairy industry. And for us, that means digital targeting is proving to be way more effective in reaching the specific audiences that we are targeting. For milk specifically, we in the dairy industry work collaboratively with the Milk Processor Education Program, which is Milk Pet for 
short, and they're all funded by milk processors. They have a budget of $88 million and invest in two campaigns promoting white and chocolate milk across the nation. We really see the fact that they're investing all this money in promoting milk as a way for us to focus on other dairy promotion activities to make the most effective use of the dollars that we have from farmers. And so their program is world-class in the sense that they've won several awards in the past years for the work that they've done with organizations like the Association for National Advertisers. The vast majority of what they're doing is through digital to directly advertise to their two audiences. One is mothers, and through that, it's a very one-to-one communication served up through these moms' digital channels. The other target that they're working at is winning with teens because they've seen through their research as the youth start to grow up, teenage years is when they're able to start making their own purchasing decisions. That is when they're choosing to purchase milk on their own, and that's where we start to see a drop-off in the milk consumption. I don't know how many farmers are going on TikTok or looking at YouTube videos with specific uh, teenage focus, but that is where you could potentially see a milk advertisement towards a teenager. What words of reassurance would you give to our dairy farmers out there who may be seeing a lot of those plant-based products being advertised on television? If I were a dairy farmer, I would feel good knowing that that advertisement is being placed towards you and is falling on deaf ears. And the fact that they're going in a mass way, they have no idea to know who they're reaching and how they're reaching. And that said, there are national advertisements across the country promoting milk and promoting dairy. Again, they're just done during times where moms or teens are most likely the main viewing audience on television. But like I said, that is not the biggest emphasis with the nature of how important digital is. Digital just surpassed traditional advertisement, advertising overall from a spend standpoint. So, I mean, it's not like the dairy industry is doing something that's totally counterintuitive to what the rest of the world's biggest brands are doing to advertise their products. And Katie, like we said before, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin didn't make any purchases for Super Bowl ads, but that doesn't mean you're not doing any Super Bowl-oriented marketing strategies. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin is doing to push cheese for the big game? We saw a lot of success in doing Super Bowl recipes leading up to the game because obviously at the end of the day, if we're encouraging folks to make recipes with Wisconsin cheese that's directly impacting the farmers from a sales standpoint, people are buying Wisconsin cheese, which is increasing the demand. From the success that we did last year, the team has actually just completed a national satellite media tour with a food network personality. His name is James Brisconi. So he will be in various television programming across the nation in the week leading up to the Super Bowl, promoting one of our Wisconsin cheese recipes, which is the bacon cheeseburger football dip. I've seen that recipe online. It looks really cool and it's a great way to get excited and get amped up for the game. Yep. If you went to wisconsincheese.com backslash great pair share, if you just typed it into a search, it's the first one on the homepage. So that one will be featured across the country. And of course, if farmers or anybody else in the dairy industry would want to see where James's segment is appearing, they can go to wisconsindairybuzz.com and that will showcase what came about with his SMT. Some of our most recent hits, which we just had a big feature in the Wall Street Journal around the Master Cheesemaker program, as well as a large feature in one of Kelly Clarkson's first shows in December that featured Wisconsin cheese and had an expert list Thorpe talking about Wisconsin cheese and her and some other celebrities were tasting and remarking how amazing it was. 
And you guys are doing that in a really innovative way because it's something where you guys are coming up as newsworthy events that media are picking up rather than paying to put our product on the screen. You are 100% right, Caitlin. And the reason for that, obviously, is we want to be the most effective and efficient with the dollars. So this is not only a way to really make ourselves relevant to consumers and a part of the conversation or create conversation. It's just much more authentic. Consumers are going to see celebrities or papers talking and writing about Wisconsin cheese. To them, that glorified endorsement, which comes across leaps and bounds better than just a paid advertisement somewhere like a TV ad or like a magazine ad. What can our dairy producers do if they want to help out with advertising themselves? Because, of course, while we may not be marketing professionals, there are simple steps we can take at home, whether it's stepping into a grocery store or going on social media. I would say there's three things farmers could do, Caitlin, to help promote. Number one would be to go on uh, whatever social media channel they prefer and share on an ongoing basis all of the content that's coming out from Wisconsin Cheese. I would say get in contact with us. We have tons of kits and options that we provide to our county dairy promotion groups that are available to them to help promote dairy at an event or in store. So please contact us. Three is just continue to recommend Wisconsin cheese, share the Wisconsin dairy story with their friends, families, and acquaintances because we know that 92% of people trust recommendations from people they know. So that's the best way to help continue to push and share the story about all the hard work and the wonderful products that our dairy farmers make. 90% of the milk in our state goes into making cheese, and then 90% of the cheese is sold outside of the state's borders. So that's why we have such a heavy emphasis on cheese promotion, and also why we take such a big focus in promoting Wisconsin cheese outside of the state of Wisconsin. We know we make amazing cheese, but we need to tell the world that we make amazing cheese, and so that's what we're trying to do. Over the past two years, since our rebrand and, and this new focus on what we call earned media, media that we don't pay for. We've achieved over $50 million in national publicity coverage, which is basically a 50 to 1 return on investment. We're very proud of the fact and we're going to continue to drive that type of return for them. Well, thank you, Katie. And once again, that's Katie Hepler, the Senior Marketing Director for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And Katie adds that with digital advertising, it doesn't only let them target their ads to the audience that finds their messages the most relevant and achieves their goals of informing populations who need to know about milk and Wisconsin cheese, like moms or teenagers or cheese lovers outside of the state of Wisconsin, but it also increases the likelihood that they're not skipping their ads. If you think about yourself sitting down to watch TV, if you're watching live TV at all, oftentimes we find ways to skip through those ads and get straight to the programming, whether it's using a DVR or maybe you just fill that ad time by turning your attention to another screen like your cell phone. Katie says digital advertising is a way to avoid wasting those dollars on eyes that aren't going to be paying attention to the message. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Caitlin Riley. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. You're curious. You want to know more? Well, I've got the details. Our farm tour to Scotland and Northern Ireland. September.